Podcast. This is John. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of being uh, incredible conquerors, even though your culture hasn't changed in 1,500 years. <laughs> Ave Caesar! Actually, Ave Kaiser! Kaiser, yes, it was, we learned in Fallout 3, actually Fallout New Vegas. Caesar is pro- actually pronounced Kaiser. Yeah, I mean, if the Romans want to use an S, they use an S. Yeah, this week we are talking about one of the fringeworthy races, the Pax Romana Universis, and which is a uh, alternate Earth. Uh, that's right, John. Alternate, right? Yes, it's an alternate Earth. Okay, it's an alternate Earth uh, where the Roman Empire uh, never set. You know, it's uh, just it uh, has remained uh, in full force uh, from the. The uh, CE zero all the way up to uh, about somewhere in the 1500s, and uh, we'll get into why that is and how it's cha- how the world is different than our own history. Because uh, John has done a lot of development for this for the uh, Savage Worlds edition of Fringeworthy, and he's got a lot to tell us about it. Okay, let's see. Honor most important. Yeah, I could see that because you had your family honor, you had honor for the empire. If you were a military man, you had honor for your legion and for the army in general. Yeah, I could see honor being a big component. Yeah, especially that part about wealth earned. You know, all your honor was earned. So anybody who besmirched your honor was was as, as, you know it was really saying that what that you had not earned what you have. And I could see them taking a great deal of umbrage against that. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Humanity, mostly barbarians. Well, yeah, if you weren't a Roman citizen or a, a lived in the empire, if you were outside of that, yeah, you were seen as a barbarian. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. Basically, you're uncouth or... You're, you're, well, I don't think they consider the Chinese barbarians, and I don't think they consider the Indians barbarians, but they pretty much consider the North the Northmen barbarians. That's for dang sure, and they probably consider the the, the people of the steppes barbarians. Well, they said, let's see, the only problems left are the people on the other side of that Great Asian Wall. I I think they traded probably more with India than with China. So India, those are business partners. Yep. The Chinese, they were the problems, and they would have said, oh, they're barbarians, but they built that wall to keep us out. And in keeping, we're recording this, today, we're recording this during the, 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 uh, the uh, at the time when the, um, there was a large African conference, and it gives you our lead time, a large African conference in, in, of African nations in, uh, 
in Washington, D.C. Uh, they also There were a lot of African kingdoms they, they could trade with, too. Don't forget that the breadbasket of Rome was Egypt. I mean, most, most, of the, most of the grain was grown in Egypt. And since they're down to Ethiopia, as far as south as Ethiopia, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of iron ore down there they're getting now from Ethiopia. Okay. Let's see. Politics, way of life. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, a, it's very much of a patronage system. But there are also elected people, so they're constantly trying to curry the favor of the uh, 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 of the plebes, as you say, uh, to uh, get themselves elected. So yeah, po- politics would be very important all the time. I was looking at the uh, uh, guys Julius Caesar's uh, Kaiser's uh, history, and he basically held public office ab- about five or six times before he. Uh, later went on and be, become famous in, uh, in, as a, as a, as a uh, legate of, of the um, Gallic legions and conquered, and conquered uh, Gaul and then did the first invasion of, of England. But yeah, before, prior to that, he was a politician and he, he held many offices. So yeah, politics is a way of life, for, especially for the rich, because that's the only way you can, you can really get rich is be in the government. Let's see, red tape, way of Roma. Well, yeah, bureaucracy, if your politics are big, so's your bureaucracy. Red tape was a way of life for them, too. And that actually is a form of stability. Uh, Let's be honest, the Chinese Empire lasted as long as it did because it had this really complex and, and, and... Byzantine? Byzantine bureaucracy. Yeah. And I can imagine after 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 another thousand years of existence, yeah, there's there are people who are are in positions of power who basically, you know, yeah, you got to deal with them. You just can't you just can't pull a sword and cut them. You got to deal with them and go through the red tape. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Combat sometimes necessary. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. The Roman legions were considered one of the finest fighting machines in all of history. So that means when they fought, if you were getting into it with a Roman legion, even if you won, you were still going to be limping away. And the Rome, Romans always learned from their mistakes. And when they first encountered, you know, every time they encountered a new formation or a new tactic, the first thing they did was then figure out what they did wrong and how to work around it. So that trick may only work once against a Roman. And then they, they'll find a way to work around that, around that tactic and get you again. Okay. Let's see. And the final one, the fringes for the glory of Roma. Oh, no, they see... You got to do it properly. For the glory of Roma! Okay. But, but, yeah, they see this as a totally new... Because, let's see, these guys bring maps. They have incredible weaponry. They've got all this new science that that we can use. They bring toilet paper. Well, yeah. Um, But all of these things, so it's like they know, okay, those of us who can go through that circle in the cave, they're going to be helping our society. And, you know, since UNITA has no prime directive, they want to uplift everybody. They don't want to keep everybody at their status quo. Oh yeah, the Romans are going to jump at the fact it's like, hey, if you if you can go through the 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 ring with up the ramp into the ring, 
do so and bring stuff back that'll help out your people. Almost, gu- almost guaranteed that the ring will be uncovered within a year. Oh yeah. Oh, by fr- by FD two. They'll reduce. They'll reduce the hill to an open plain. Well, you said the Romans are engineers. If they could remove a hill to expose that, the Romans could do it. Mm-hmm. And then build a fort around it. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Available skills. Soldiers and craftsmen. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, because we've been talking about how politically savvy they are. Politicians. Politicians, <laughs> diplomats. Merchants. Because it goes the same way too. I mean, they're basically dealing in you know, you know. Now the merchants, of course, will be slaves for the most part, uh, unless they're middle class. Until they get on the French paths, and it's going to be a big middle finger and be like, "Ha ha, I'm out of here." Yeah, maybe. You gotta understand. For so these guys, their money's tied up, and. You know, okay, yeah, I'm the fringe pass. Uh, maybe I can get the, the the equivalent of the wooden sword and get my freedom, and I don't have to worry about giving him the middle finger. You know, maybe the maybe the emperor will decide that okay, if you're fringe worthy, you're a freedman, and freeze them because now you're you're doing something on a much grander scale. Yeah, or they all become slaves. I'll get into this in a second uh, about about slavery in Roma. <laughs> Okay, well, let, let's get through the good, bad traits and whatnot, and then, because you've been saying a lot of stuff, we'll get to it later, get to it later. Yeah. Well, well leave these people hanging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. Good traits, common interests, good friends, good social integration into teamwork, intelligent and diligent. And with that intelligent, you'd think that they wouldn't have that minus two. In the Savage Worlds version, it's a, there's no modifiers. They're it's bog standard humans. Yeah, see? You see what I did there? That's why I said that, yeah. Um, okay, bad traits. And I disagree with the first one. No, actually, I do agree with the first one. I do understand about the thing about the your bathing and stuff like that, but they also are doing things like sharing uh, a sponge to clean themselves when they're in that communal bathroom. That's true. Even though there is, even though there is a little trough of running water, you can rinse it off, and you're right. And also, they basically all those wonderful white Roman robes. They're using a certain bodily fluid to make them white. You, um. Okay, superstitious, distrustful of others, arrogant, ignorant, brutish. Okay, okay, uh, contradiction. Good social integration into teamwork, distrustful of others. Those two are actually opposite to each other. Unless, unless they're really talking about xenophobia. Yeah, in that case, then, then I understand that, yeah. Okay, I can see, yeah. <laughs> My group's okay, outside of that, I don't know. An us-versus-them attitude, yeah. Arrogant, ignorant, and brutish. Well, yeah, I would pretty say, pretty much say that's. Um, Again, we have a contradiction: Ign- ignorant and intelligent. Which one is it? They mean they're it, they choose to be willfully ignorant of other people's. Oh, you mean they're, they're being they're being uh, classic classic Victorian British? Okay, all right. Or well, the again again the xenophobia. They don't want to know about other people. They don't care about other people. It's that it's an us versus them mentality. What can you do for me? I think the brutish uh, might also go with that whole idea of the Roman justice. Yeah. Uh, maybe brutish is the wrong term. Maybe thuggish might be better. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. In some circles, that could be six of one, half a dozen of another. But okay. What I'm saying is, is that they they are very strict. They they you know they, uh, but it doesn't mean that they don't. It doesn't mean that they have no artistic qualities or temperament. You know, or likings or leadings. Okay, I mean, you know. The British does count though, because they probably the legions still probably have the traditional punishment for a century or a, or a smaller unit that basically uh, violates some rule or regulation, the decimation. That is, they kill every 18th person in that, in that, in that group. Right. To teach yeah. them a lesson. And, they all, and they're also in the blood sports. Well, yeah. That could also be leading toward that, car, that term of being brutish. I just said most time when they talk about people being brutish, they're basically this kind of tack turn person who just, you know, uh, lashes out at anybody who looks at him the wrong way, you know, and and always sees uh, physical um, uh, response as the first response. And and I don't see that with these guys other than, than, of course, your most common of foot soldiers. Yeah. Let's see, prone to a who cares attitude and keeps slaves. Well, yeah, the IDET's going to see the slavery thing and just go, um, no. Well, it's against um, the UN's uh, code of, of human rights. Well, yeah. It's one of the ones listed. You are not, you know, he, uh, human beings are not to own other human beings. It's one of the rules. So, of course, they're going to look at that very dis- this distastefully. And of course, the Romans will say once they get once they get to know how Earth, how things operate in Earth Prime, will say, "You want us to get rid of slaves? You first. You know that doesn't work anywhere. I know the, the, you're copping out, is what they'd say. Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're you know you say you want you you can't have slavery, but you have slavery on your world. But no, but no, yeah, but nobody agrees it's a good thing on our world. Yes, except the people who are actually doing it. The trouble is, you'll find many slaves also agreeing with with the with their masters. Uh, you know, I'm having a good life right here. Uh, no, I don't want to stop being a slave. That's the unfortunate thing is that some of these slaves are, are very well well off, and they would probably oppose any attempt. Now, agricultural slaves, yeah, they probably go, oh yeah, bring that tractor. <laughs> <laughs> this man John Deere is a boon to us. Yeah. 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 Yes. The uh, your your defense smacks of um, uh, of women who haven't received enlightenment through modern feminism. You know, the, the uh, they, they they look at people who held to those traditional values of staying at home and raising the children and never aspiring to be anything more than a housewife as people who truly needed to, to be enlightened and to see themselves as being equal to men and not their service. And they would they would take that tact where anybody's saying, well, I'm glad I'm a slave because I live better than I would if I wasn't. You know, it says, yes, and they only beat you when you really deserve it, right? I mean, unfortunately, they still can't. Well, that's that's something I will talk about. In fact, we, 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 I'm not going to worry about naming because names are a bit, uh, uh, yeah, names in Rome are fun. Yeah, okay, well, all right, John, you've been sitting there saying, we'll talk about this later, talk about this later. There were two or three points that you brought up. One of them was about slavery. Yes, because the who the first Roman emperor is. The first Roman empire, emperor was was crowned in about 75 BC. He used to be a, a, an ex-Thracian slave by the name of Spartacus. 
and that makes a big change right there. A former no, I'm not gonna say he got rid of slavery because he he because Thra- clearly I, he did no because well Thracians had slaves too. I mean, you know, slavery was common in that in this time and era. You know, he basically what he really disagreed with was how he was treated, more or less. More or less. So yeah, there's there were there were reforms made to the slave law. Also, he also took the current Senate and turned them all into slaves. So there, you know, so he could pack the Senate with people you know he considered uh, his his people. Yeah, but that was fifteen hundred years ago. But they still, but after fifteen hundred years, they still think slavery is a good thing. That's true, but so, one, one of the changes they did come up, he did enact, and, and it's still on the books. A child of a slave is not a slave. Now, it can become a slave because you know if the if, the, if his parent can't take care of him, it's up to his master to take care of him, and of course that costs money, and he becomes a slave through debt at that point. But legally, he's a free man when he's born. He becomes a slave because unless someone can take care of him. And not cost his master any money, he becomes a slave through debt that he owes to his master. Selling yourself into slavery to pay off your debts was actually a, a historically common way of becoming a slave. Yes. Wouldn't that be more indentured servitude? Only if you had a means of, of, of earning your freedom at that point. Yeah. And if he's an agricultural slave, he's never going to earn enough. I mean, yeah. Now, this is, this is one thing about slavery in Rome. They actually got paid. They all got paid. There was no free meals. There was no chuck wagon serving meals. Everyone had you had to pay for your own food. So they they all earned a wage. This is something that most people don't realize about Roman slaves. They all earned a wage. Most part, it basically they had to buy their food from their master. But they, some slaves were able to sock away a little little bit of money, uh, with the hopes that they could actually you know buy their freedom eventually. But they all were paid because the Roman master wasn't going to feed them out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> at that point, so yeah. Uh, in fact, when you watch these movies, uh, like you know, we, uh, Gladiator, the movie Gladiator, uh, there's a couple scenes where I'll point to you and say, and every person that the only one person in that scene is not a slave, and that's the guy who owns all the slaves. Everyone else in that scene is a slave. You know, and this is during the training. This is you know. They were, you know, basically on a Roman farm. The only free people in the Roman farm were the family. Everyone else was a slave, from the overseers to the accountant to the people. Every everyone was a slave in that farm. The only free people were the family. Well, in, in the movie Ben Hur, you know, his the guy who was in charge of all his finances and went out and and sold mm-hmm. things and and made deals and stuff. He was the fa- he was the family slave, the house of the house of her and uh and he was proud to be so and his and his daughter was a slave and uh and and the lead character gave her her freedom as a wedding present and and when i mentioned about bureaucracy uh if it holds true to the point uh most of those people are going to be slaves all those bureaucrats all those people you got to deal with they're going to be slaves public slaves they're all actually owned by the government and that's the best best slavery job you can get because it's fairly cushy. And you're not going to see people kept in locked cages or pens. For the most part, slaves walked around. They knew if they ran and they got caught, they would, punishment would be, would be severe. So they didn't. But they didn't need to you know, lock them up at night. 
they were free to roam around and do things. I mean, you know, I would say only new slaves would need to be locked up to make sure they didn't run away. But eventually, they got beat out, beat out of them before, you know, and they stopped trying to run away. At that point, it had had to learn how things are done around here. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever, whenever you see a, a scene like in the uh, or in in the HBO series Rome, and you see a city scene, I would say about half those people were slaves in those in various city scenes. You know, just going about doing business. You know, because that's the way things were. I mean, ha- you know, half the people they were slaves. The other thing, and then I'm still debating on this one, but I think because of what happened to him, Spartacus, because he was a gladiator, he was you know he's going to be a gladiator. He doesn't do away with gladiatorial combats, but he takes it back to what they used to be, which was funerary rites. That is, someone dies, you have a, a you have some gladiatorial g- games to celebrate the you know as part of the funer- as the funeral for that person. So there's still gladiatorial games, but not at the not the extent we had we had in our times. And John, I have to correct you on something. No, I am Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, he became the first emperor, and I, I had to look and say, okay, what about Julius Caesar? Well, Julius Caesar was about thirty years old at the time when this happened. And he was still a politician, so he really didn't have anything. He was not charged with allegiance. He was not charged with any troops. Um, he basically was a politician at the time, and he probably would have simply said, yes, sir, and kept his head down <laughs> at that point. Um, the family, does, you know, so, yeah, no Caesar. And this causes all sorts of butterflies uh, at, this, at this point, because a lot of people get turned to slaves who weren't slaves. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of very important people are now dead. I mean, besides Pompey, uh, who was one of the uh, one of the generals who went after him? Uh, there's other other people who are now just you know out of the picture. So there's a lot of bloodlines that are not they're not being established, and there's some bloodlines that are being helped by this. So yeah, maybe Julius Caesar lucks out. He still gets become a, le- a, a legion a, a legionnaire and become and gets his own le- uh, legion. And works his way up to be a, a legate himself. But he doesn't. But he knows he's not going to get anywhere near Rome because you know that's just bad news. Uh, you know, at that point, um, this also means there's no Colosseum in Rome. Colosseum was built by uh, Flavian. Uh, the proper name for it, of course, was the Flavian Amphitheater. Yeah, and it got his nickname because it was built on on Nero's old palace grounds, where there used to be a giant colossus of a colossus statue of Nero. Which is where it got the name Coliseum. From. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's no Coliseum, you know. So there's still horse racing, you know. There's still you know chariot racing. There's still all their various forms of entertainment. So yes, there's still some blood sport. Yeah, yes, the charioteers do carry weapons into races. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's still that, but it's not the same level as it was in our in our time. There's you know there's not the bread and circuses. So of course senators have to go find some other way to get votes. So there's probably more plays. There's probably more events where you can get drunk. You know, lots of wine flowing freely. So there's still gonna be a lot of work. But there's slave reforms, uh, and actually were slave reforms done in our room as well. They just weren't observed as much. I uh, imagine with, with someone like Spartacus in charge and whoever he chooses as his uh, successor will definitely, you know, enforce a, 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 um, 
a more liberal view of slavery. It's still slavery, but it's it, slaves may actually have more rights than they did in our Rome. And it's amazing how many rights slaves did have in Rome. I mean, in our Rome. They, you know, I was reading up on this, and it's like, okay, technically you couldn't be a slave unless he really did something really bad. <laughs> and, you know, in practice, that you know that didn't happen. But I can imagine with a more egalitarian... Egalitarian. Am I, am I mispronouncing the word? Egalitarian. Egalitarian. Yeah. With a more egalitarian emperor, uh, you might actually see those laws being enforced. So yes, there's still beatings, but only for major infractions. You know, slaves. You know, and becoming a freedman uh, may 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 be a little bit easier, or it may not be. You know, that's one of the problems of being a really uh, of being a good servant and making lots of money. You raise your price. You get more expensive to buy. At that point, you mean buy yourself? Yes, that happened to that happened actually happened to many slaves. They got really good at doing their business and saving lots of money, but it meant their buy price went up even more because they're such good businessmen. So they did. They never really had a debt that they needed to pay off. They literally had to replace their value to their lord uh, in in money. In order for them to leave, that's correct. A lot of these guys were household slaves. That is, they were sons, you know, children of slaves that grew up. And I imagine that's still happening, even though technically they're not born slaves, but they become slaves through the debt that takes, you know, the the incurred the 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 incurred being raised by the by their master. So it's it's still there, but you know, technically there's a there's a there's a cloth to that saying they be born a freedman. In fact, in the story, uh, one, of the, one of the major NPCs, his father used to be a slave to a brewer, and he, and he, he saved enough money to buy his freedom and started a, uh, and started a tavern, making his, own, making his own cabeza. And his son doesn't, hire, doesn't have slaves. His son only hires freedmen. So this is a change in attitude and beliefs that slavery is not good. And it, it takes time. You know, this is one of those things that slavery is on is on the downturn in in, in modern Rome. It, there's, there's basically fewer public slaves, a lot more people being paid for the work instead of being you know put into slavery to do it. Uh, agriculture is still a major slave uh, business, so that's still where you're going to see slaves. But I was imagine you see more freedmen and more people who basically don't want slaves working businesses in, in towns and cities around the around the empire. Yeah, and you're going to see more mechanics who are uh, who show up and keep those combines running since they are since they're going to have clockwork devices and things like that that they can pull behind a team of horses until those steam tractors get developed. Actually, I could see a water I could actually see a water powered tractor. It'd be it'd be a, it'd be the most rude Goldberg thing you ever created, but I can see one of those built <laughs> by Romans. But yeah, so slavery is is an issue, but it's on the downturn. It's basically it's getting out of fashion. Uh, as people as, as technology improves, they're starting to realize it's cheaper to, you know, use machines to do the work than it is to actually hire people. Or at least have fewer slaves. You can you just have one slave do the work instead of ten. You know, so slavery is on the downturn. At this point, um, and also there's a lot of people who you know basically uh, just don't practice slavery anymore. They don't have a need for it anymore. 
Well, okay, let's let's say that that happens. Let's say that you, you, you have an industrial revolution where everybody starts mechanizing and you don't need, you know, 100 slaves, you only need 10. Okay, those other 90 slaves, okay, their value is, is, is decreased. So does the master just free them to get rid of them? Or what does he take whatever money he can get and who would buy them? Uh, the, yeah. That's a good question. I mean, if, if, especially if you see a, uh, increased mechanization in, in the farming area. Yeah. Uh, these agricultural slaves only do one thing, which is farming. If everyone's buying combines and stuff like that, they're out in the street. You know, he may just simply just free them. Okay. You know, he'll free he'll free the worst of the lot. Of course. Bye. Go. Yeah, the, the ones who don't work so well. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Then for yourself. Fend for yourself. Oh, by the way, that's my money. Thank you. <laughs> Anything they saved up, you'll probably keep. Well, the wor- the bad owner, the bad masters will keep the money that the, the slaves have saved up. The good masters may actually go. Here's a few extra sesterci, <laughs> and give them some give them some starting money, which then means you're going to have a large underclass of poor people showing up in in ver- in various towns and cities. Yeah. So that's going to be a major problem for them. Yeah, I would think that if if they did have slave rights, one of the first things that they would do is they would say, besides the you know not inheriting slaves, uh, would be the um, I should say not um, uh, children of slaves or not slaves would be the slaves who earn money. Their that money belongs to them. It does not belong to their master, and they can't just take it away like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And this actually was a problem in Rome. Because what happened in, in, in Italy was that, all, and this sounds so familiar, uh, was that small farmers got squeezed out by these giant slave-run farms. They were owned by more or less senators and, and the very wealthy. And so in Rome itself, there, there was this underclass of poor who used to be farmers. And, you know, they basically, they're, they're freedmen, but they basically have no work. So the, the old, uh, bread, you know, the bread rations and so forth, you know, they, they, they make what they can. They do common labor and they get their free ration of bread and anything else they can afford to buy at that point. I mean, yeah. there was a major underclass of poor in our, Ro- in our Rome. Because right. of what happened with with the with farming, and imagine this is happening across the entire empire. So, do you think when that happens, when we're talking about, do you think that the uh, the Roman government would institute some big building projects so that all these slaves could then uh, the, these or these freemen or whatever could get work like doing something that's really that isn't very mechanized, which is building things? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can see th- yeah doing things or building or or. <laughs> I can see some 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 Roman engineer with his glisten to his eyes. It's it's hard work, but it'll be glorious. We're gonna build a bridge across the channel, or across the uh, Straits of Gibraltar. Yeah, that too. Though that one would have to be a very tall bridge because you gotta let boats through. Well, yeah, but still, you're gonna be looking at people seeing either the channel and the Straits, and it's just gonna be. Um, no. <laughs> They're going to look at that. They had, you know, steel. So they, they had the what they needed in order to do it. It would be a very daunting task. Okay, they might get a, 
I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you, know, you need someone to go and go underwater and build those caissons and stuff. You all this of all these spare people, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, when you actually Romans uh, have experience making these sort of things, they actually would show at boats and just dump rocks and just keep dumping rocks until they until it hits surface. There's one other option, John, which uh, besides that, and that is to take all these spare people that they've got and ship them to the New World. There's that too. We need colonists. You get to be a free man. You get you get your acre and a mule. You just have to tame it and get it yourself. Yeah. You got to tame the native population over there. Oh yeah. Okay, which brings us finally to you know because you you talked about your thing. What? Colonial legions. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Right. So you've talked about you know you uh what we have here in the um uh. Uh, on this page and what you've done in the Basel Londinium and stuff. But if, as, as Trev talked about, there is an entry in the back of the book which is completely different than the, what we've been talking about. Yeah. We are talking about, first of all, it's set in the 20th century, not the 14th century. Yep. Looking here, you know, it says, by their 20th century, a quagmire social mismanagement the world is striving to help IDA while trying to restructure its economy. Slavery has been recently abolished, and there are extreme problems in outlying empire as well as open defiance in Jerusalem. The Christian faith is on the rise again. You did deal with that in yours because you had three different Christian sects. Uh, but they also, um, they're saying they have trouble with the Persians uh, and the follower of a Christian prophet, I think that's hilarious, uh, named Mohammed. Uh, so uh, they're she's a turtle dove. What's that? Uh, Harry Turtle Dove actually has series where Muhammad became a, a Christian prophet. Well, uh, you know, and then China has awakened and met the Romans in the middle of North America using modern weapons and nerve gas. You know, I'm going to say that's a different world entirely. It really is. I mean, because the uh, the they're not standing behind their walls like it said. They're basically, you know, imperialistic. You know, you know what it sounds like? Star Trek Rome. You mean the, the episode where they, it was modern and... Yeah, it sounds like Star Trek Rome. So I'm just saying is that, you know, the one that's in the back of the D20 ma uh, manual, is that actually in the portal book, right? Because this is all just lifted and dropped into it, right? I don't know. Because I, I think I did that. I mean, I did this section, so I must have just lifted and dropped it in. Because we added the P we added the PLs, and they're PL4, which is, you know... Uh, oh, my, I, 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 But I didn't actually change any of the text. So, you know, this is, uh, this is serious, serious stuff here. They, they have it setting in the 20th century versus the 14th. It could still be the same world, you know, in the sense that we're looking at what we have in the beginning, we're looking at it in the 14th century, yeah. but there's a version of it that you could play where it takes place in the 20th century, and these would be the changes that would have occurred because of all the stuff we're talking about, because of industrialization. Oh, you know what? I like this, because I'm looking at Node 2 at the Prime platform. Uh, this could be another alt on the same, same platform. If You can always move it around. Feel free to move things. You, know, you don't you don't have to leave it where it is. It could be another because the prime platform could be a another could be the could be a, a Rome of twenty nine seventy, 
you know, this this is the world, you know, a nine you know nine thousand years in the future that came from the starting this this one from the fourteenth century. So it's a totally different world, different layout, everything. And the one Roman universe is, is another one of these variations of what happened in the twentieth century to this world. So this could be this is another variation of the same of the same of the same uh, prime. Yeah, none of this yeah, is, is 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 in cement. You can you can move if you don't like a description on an alternate platform, make your own. You know, we're not going to go out there and beat you with a stick. Yeah, you can do what you want. Like we could make, like we could stop you, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not we're not the continuity police people. This is we just give you guys er, what what's the saying they used to say in uh, WWE? We set it up, you set it off. Yeah, we're literally giving you license. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and which is what we have here in the 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 uh, podcast with the Creative Commons 3.0 license, <laughs> or 3.1 or whatever it is. And uh, oh, we did we we yeah we mentioned you mentioned about religion. We should probably talk how about the difference in religion here. So there, so we have a different Rome. It starts seventy years earlier. Than our Rome did, so that means things that happen down in other places like Judea are going to happen differently. And in this one, and I know this is where I can. This would be, and and, and we, both me and Bruce are are, are are Christians, you know. And this could be considered a little bit blasphemous, but uh, Jesus is rescued by Judas Iscariot, <laughs> and it goes for another twenty years or so. As a uh, as basically as a uh, as a terrorist, we could, you give him right down to it, trying to basically fulfill the Jewish Messiah, you know, freeing the Jews, freeing the Hebrews from uh, the yoke of the Roman rule. Or uh, instead of Barabbas getting freed, they free Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus takes Barabbas's place uh, in mm-hmm. as far as as being a counterinsurgent against Rome. Yep. And eventually, he is captured and he is crucified, along with all his uh, follow- his top echelon. Uh, his his children escape. Yeah, shades of, of Da Vinci Code. Uh, well, you know, it's not like Jesus didn't have the ability to sire children. Yeah. He just didn't. Yeah. This but this is a different timeline. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You know. So there 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 are three there are three and these sects are are Jewish sects that follow Jesus. And, and again, we're talking about what's in his Baths of Londinium for the Savage Worlds edition. Yes. You're not going to find this in the D20 edition nope. uh, or any other edition. So that's what we're talking about here. So the uh, let's go from the worst to the best. The worst of the group are the Nazarenes, a small militant sect looking to overthrow the empire and establish a new war- world order based on their interpretations of the prophet Jesus. So they're basically the Al-Qaeda of the uh, of 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 the of the Hebrew world, so they're they're bad news. Now I said they're all Jewish. They're basically, the the changes that Paul made to the Christian religion that it was Christian it was religion for the Gentiles instead of for the Jews uh, never happened. So you have to become a Jew or become a Hebrew and follow all the laws. So yeah, so all the selling points of Christianity in our world, which was you know you can eat pork and shellfish, you can't. In this version, you have to become Jewish. And follow the dietary laws. Yes, all the law, all the kosher laws, everything. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And the Nazarenes are the most militant of the bunch. The next of the Messi- uh, Messianics, 
Uh, they want to liberate Judea from Roman rule and feel that the Nazarenes are fools. Uh, they believe Jesus was the Hebrew Messiah and that while he failed, it's up to them to free Judea. So they are basically another group. They're not as militant as the Nazarenes, but they're still paying the, paying the side of the Romans. And then the, there's the last and largest sect, the, the uh, Judasenes. They follow the teachings of Jesus' only surviving apostle, Judas Iscariot. He helped Jesus to escape the Romans in Jerusalem, and the two, with their followers, led the rebellion to Judea. Uh, I'm basically going to say it was a Gandian revolution. They didn't raise a weapon. They just simply sang, sang uh, religious songs and marched up to the Romans, only to be beaten down. And then the next wave would come and keep on doing it. And they just keep on doing it. And just keep on doing it. And it drove some Romans crazy because these guys wouldn't fight back. They just stood there and took it. You know, took the beatings, took the, took the, took the, took the, took the hits, and just kept on marching. Uh, it got to the point where they basically, it got to the point where a, 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 truce was, was, a truce was called at that point, especially after Jesus got caught and was crucified at that point. Uh, all, none of these folks used the cross as a symbol. Because, well, it was Jesus was crucified. To them, they either used the fish or a loaf symbol. So either the, the, the traditional fish symbol, the Greek fish symbol that we see in these days, that's the symbol of Jesus in this religion. They don't use the cross. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, None of Jesus' kids can do miracles. They're, they're just normal humans. Uh, they try to live in peace of Rome, but they try to use political means to free Judea. At the very least, they want it to be an autonomous region that they can they can make their own laws based on their religious beliefs and not they not be under under Roman under the Roman law. So they still want a religious uh, state. Uh, Rome also, I would make point, broke up Judea into several little smaller pieces to make it easier to to, to control. So they want to reunite it also in the process. But yeah, it's um, these folk, you know, it's, it's not the Christian religion we know of. You know, they, you know it, it's, just a, it's a variation of the Christian religion. It's really a lot more of the Jeffersonian uh, Bible where, you know, Jesus is a great moral teacher, but he's not the son of God. He's not the savior of the world. He's not the person who died for our sins. And the cults are more like first, like first AD uh, Christian cults, which were basically Jewish. You had to become a Jew to become a Christian. Uh, unlike, uh, as far as we can tell, without looking at this this entry that's in the back of on the uh, portal guide, uh, Muhammad never happened. He never got born. Yeah, I, I'm just saying there's there's no there's no evidence that there's uh, that the Persians and India are in any way rebelling or rising as a power. They were they, these are all very as you uh, seems to be very client states, very happy to remain under Roman rule, or at least they're working within the system. So the uh, the 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 Islam never came into existence on this world. No, it's it's just another Semitic group out there. Uh, basically, like I said. It, it really, you know, the butterflies came along and blew away. I would say after a hundred years, no one you know got born at that point because it's just the butterfly, at least in the, in the, in the old world. The, 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 the butterflies have changed, would just come along and pff, they're all gone. 
Now, that does mean the new world goes just like it always does. There's nothing there to make it change. So the old world is still in the same state. It was. I mean, the new world, all the new world mesomeric states, they're still doing exactly what they did before, right up to the point of contact. So that's something, I, I, I did that on purpose because I, I didn't want to drive myself insane trying to figure out how they changed. They're just what does the saints they, they they would? I mean, that's you know our point of divergence is is uh, in Rome. Yeah, mostly in Europe and Asia and uh, Asia and Africa, we have a much stronger Rome, much more stable Rome. Right. Without without the creation of the uh, of Christianity, uh, there isn't uh, the creation of the Holy Roman Empire. It just remains the Roman Empire. And one other change I made, and it was mentioned in there, there's no Praetorian Guard. What happens is that each legion will come and, and in turn serve for five years in Rome, protecting Rome, and then they leave. So there's no Praetorian Guard who basically was the main instigation of most of the insta- instability in Rome, you know, picking, picking a general they like and making him emperor at that point. So, yes, it's the mil- Now, I'm not saying there weren't any military juntas, they probably were. We were talking 1,500 years, there's going to be juntas. But they weren't as devastating as they were in in our timeline. All right. Well, that's great. I think we've you know covered this really well. Uh, I want want to thank you and uh, John for doing all this development that you've been doing for the new edition and bringing that to us. Uh, we kind of wanted to save you know uh, the Pax Romana for uh, toward the end of all these things because we wanted to give him the maximum amount of time to develop all this stuff. So when he brought us. You know, it would really be more than just this one sheet that we had here in the book. It would really be fleshed out. So I appreciate all that you've done. Uh, yeah, thanks, John. This is a lot. This and the Victorians, I notice, are your babies, and you've just blown us away with both of them. So, And we still haven't done the Victorians yet. Well, yeah, well, we haven't done the Coptics either. We're still waiting on you know, So we've, we've got, folks, we got plenty more of these extrapolation of the one-shot cultures and fringe-worthy to go. Don't worry. The series is still going. Oh, yeah. yeah. And remember, you know, these are just single worlds on the fringe pass. Your worlds that you're creating for your campaign are just as valid, just as interesting, can be just as compelling. And we would like you to share that with us uh, on our uh, fringe-worthy groups on Facebook and also on Yahoo and the... uh, uh, tritaggamers.com. Uh, we'd love for you to just tell us everything that you're doing about your campaigns and and just share with us, you know, your you know, love for the game like we are doing to you right now. Uh, and we appreciate everything that you've done uh, in supporting the games uh, that we love over the past four years and listening to our podcast. Are we? Is this four years? Are we? We are on season five, sir. We're on season five. Yeah, we. Oh man. This this October will start season six. Oh gosh, you know, I, I never thought it would run this long, <laughs> and I'm glad of it. But I was telling you, way way back in the beginning, I said, okay, I got like twenty things that I want to talk about. <laughs> oh lord. And uh, here we are on episode uh, two seventy something, right? Oh wow, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyways, well, uh, I, thanks so much. Yeah. All I got. What you guys? What you want some more to say? No, no, all I gotta say is Nanet de Gloria Tritech. And we'll have more for you, but I'll have to wait until next week. Avi Tritech. This is Bruce Sheffer saying 
There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.